It's time for another episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. Oh, God! Nobody! Nobody's ever... What? Nobody's ever done that! A podcast focusing on AEW. Two! No! That doesn't mean our hosts won't go down rabbit holes and end up talking about other promotions. Let's, let's rewind because I like to go down rabbit holes. But they try to keep focused on AEW. I told you, we can't go down rabbit holes. Join Tanner Lee, Austin Shepard, and Paul Zartman. I don't have control, do I? As they recap this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. If we went off matches here, I'd be champion. If, if some bucks were candy nuts, it'd be Christmas all the time. Don't forget to listen to the Kicking Out podcast wherever it is you listen to your other podcast and if you're listening on apple podcast be sure to give the kicking out podcast that five star rating these boys want to be five star kop don't forget to check out kickingoutshop.com it's your place to go for great merchandise from the kicking out podcast that way you can support a great podcast and look fantastic doing so get that dude some pants this is the first boys a rabbit hole in the closing and now let's get right into it it's another episode of the kicking out podcast It's Wednesday night, it's June 14th, 2023, about a half hour after Dynamite went off the air, so you know what that means, a brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, the KOP Predictions Champion, as you can see over my left shoulder here, and with me is one of my two co-hosts, Austin Shepard. Paul can't join us tonight, so you're stuck with just us two. We apologize in advance. Shep, what's going on? Paul no shows. He's scared. He no shows. He's scared. I think he's scared. He's da- down deep. He's scared. He's, he's already scared sh- truth. <laughs> he's, he's already sh- truth. He's, he can't handle the truth. He can't. He can't handle the truth. He's already scared for a forbidden door for the pay per view predictions for that one next week, which that is going to be tough. I will be honest. <laughs> but it's shaping up to be a really good card. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's as tough as you think it is. If you, I think you overthink it, I super overthought it last year. <laughs> last, yeah, yeah, like super overthought it. Like I got the fantasy booking in between my ears, took over, and it didn't work. It didn't work at all. Yeah, but it's it's gonna be a fun card. We'll we'll get into it tonight. There were some more matches announced tonight, but I thought this was a fun dynamite tonight. I thought it was a hot crowd in Washington D.C. at the Capital One Arena which that's where Dynamite began in October of 2019. A little less capacity tonight, even though they sold a majority of their tickets. I think the setup was around 6000 or so. It wasn't for the full house like it was back in October 2019. But either way, good hot crowd tonight uh, compared to some other weeks that they've had recently. Yeah, I thought the crowd was great tonight. Yeah. yeah a lot of good great. pops. Really good. Well, Paul's not here to ask the question, Shep, so I guess that falls on me tonight. What are we drinking? I'm not drinking. Not drinking. Yeah, yeah. You got a smirk on your face there. That's that's a lie. I'm eating. I got some pickles. I got the I'm pickles. better than you pickles. Ooh. Now, I think as soon as I take a bite of one of these, I don't think. Uh, I don't think. Uh, we're going to make the show, uh, uh, what do you call it, explicit, right? Explicit. You know? Yeah, right. But these are the Kalen and Kalen Pickles, MJF, I'm Better Than You, a.k.a. Classic Dills. 
<laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Oh, that crutch. Mm. <laughs> That's just a good pickle. <laughs> he wasn't lying then. That's just a good pickle. Now, if I say exactly what MJF said, we'd have an explicit rating for the week. And you know what? We like the kids. So, well, I'm sure we'll get there later at some point. Now, did you get, you got multiple flavors, right? Or did you just we get did. the, no, okay. We did. So these are the, uh, these are the famous pickles. The ones that, uh, the infamous pot or, uh, podcast, the, uh, media, media scrum, media scrum, um, that he made one of the media members play. So I really had a, I really had thought like I wanted to eat one of these pickles. I wanted to give one to Paul since he's in town. And when I say, hey, dipshit, can you pick? <laughs> I want Paul to think about a pickle and say, what do you think, dipshit? Yeah, uh, that would that would be really good and explicit. There we are. It only took four minutes. <laughs> anyway. Hey, the pickles bring the best out of you. But, so you got these. You got some spicy spears. And then you got the honey mustard uh, chips, which pickle chips, not potato chips. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're called the MGF uh, Championship Chips, and I'm a I love dill pickles. So those those pickles are amazing, by the way. Um, but so I tried the uh, honey mustard ones, and at first when you look at them, like these are not appetizing. Holy cow! <laughs> like so, I had a couple sandwiches for lunch, and those those chips made it on my sandwich. Yeah. They're uh, they're amazing. So again. Kalen and Kalen Pickles, I know they don't need any of our help selling out because you have to wait in line to get these stupid things. They're um, worth it, though. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing. They're worth it. Oh my god, they are so good. Um, they give a pickle drop once a month. You have to get in the queue, and they usually sold out within 15 minutes. I think I got. I was within five to eight minutes of when the MGF pickles uh, went down. And I waited a month and a half for them. So uh, check them out. They're worth it. I, I love the media scrum that he did. I think it was a troll of what uh, CM Punk did with that bakery in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of the lady's name. Amy's Bakery? Was it Amy's Bakery? Yeah, let's look it up because I can't remember either. I want to say Amy's Bakery, but I could be completely off. Uh, Mindy's Bakery. Mindy's. Mindy, yeah. Amy. Yeah. I get them confused all the time. Close enough. Um, but no, yeah. What a great, uh, I know we're going backwards. What a great, uh, uh press conference from MGF on that. What so entertaining. Had the devil horn coming out of his head, which if you, I don't know, I know this is a bad picture, but if you look, he's got the devil horn. Uh, yep. out. I mean, it's yep. literally a picture of him slamming that pickle. In the middle of it, so what's yeah. the rating? What's the rating on the pickles? Oh, the rating on the classic dills, yes, nine six, nine six, nine point six. It's pretty now, strong. Maybe we'll have a uh, rating. I have this uh, spicy garlic spears that came with the uh, MGF bundle and then the honey mustard chips. So maybe down the road we'll have one of those. But to, I mean, could you know, I don't joke around, right? Right. We're still having the old faithful. K 
Kettle one. We still have a we still have a sipper tonight. Uh, we're just going to start out with a little pickle, get a little base, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe we won't uh, feel so bad in the morning. Well, I got a fun one tonight. I think you're going to appreciate this. Have you heard of Brew Dog uh, Brewery in Ohio? Brew Dog Brewery. Yep. No, I'm not big into the uh, small breweries, but okay. Uh, if it's got a good story about it, I'm you're like still going to appreciate this. I picked these up a couple weeks ago. I only have one left. I, I enjoy them, but I picked them up just because I saw the can and the theme of the can. I'm like, I don't care what these taste like. I have to have them. I got some Bushwood beer, Caddyshack, <laughs> Caddyshack, and we even yeah. got the Bushwood Country Club and Be the Ball there on the side, and you got the Gopher from Caddyshack. So. Being a golf fan, I thought you'd appreciate that. And I they're do, pretty I good. Do, I do appreciate that. And they're pretty good. Not that, you know, we get off subject at all. Who's your <laughs> pick for the U.S. Open this week? Well, you know I love my boy Ricky Fowler to finally come through. And I do think he'll play well. But my my pick is actually would also be a first-time major winner. I'm picking Cameron Young this week. Do you like Cameron Young? I do. Um, I do like Ricky Fowler. I think his story – from top down to bottom and clawing his way mm-hmm. out of the hole is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the guy's worked his tail off to get where he's at now. I would love for him to have a great week. Love for him And he's so top. cowboy too, so that would yeah. add on. Love for him to top 10 for sure. Um, me, on the other hand, there's one guy that to me is sentimental just because I think he's gone through a bunch of – BS of late, and that's Rory McIlroy. But I don't, I don't see him playing well. I don't either. I, I think there's too much stuff going on between the too many distractions. Still, that's too much stuff going on between the ears. Yep. Um. So my pick this week is Patrick Cantley. I know it's kind of a whatever, but I think I think he really prevails. I think he's so solid in the game of golf, so consistent. Now, my dark horse, and I love the guy just because of the stupid documentary that we all watched, is Joel Damon. He'd be a fun one, that's for oh, sure. That dude that dude will be slamming white claws before he gets <laughs> his card if the guy is. Yes. Yes, he will. Let's see what and I know all, all you KOP listeners and AEW listeners are going, what the hell are you two <laughs> yak, yakalopes talking about? Sorry. We got we got to go down a rabbit hole right away. It's uh, right. it's U.S. Open week. It's Father's Day weekend. All that good stuff. But you were talking about the MGF pickles. We saw MGF open the show tonight against Adam Cole in one of Paul's favorite title eliminator matches. But I gotta say, I thought this match was a freaking classic. As these two guys went to a time limit draw, thirty minute time limit draw. I should add. I loved it. Um... Now, when was the last time we kicked off Dynamite without Orange Cassidy? It's been, what, six, seven weeks? I think there was one week in there he didn't. But, okay. but yeah, you're right. Usually Orange is right there. So, so having Adam Cole's music hit was awesome. I mm-hmm. uh, love the match. Now, I DVR'd this because I was a little bit behind. But when they rang the bell, I stopped the DVR. I was at 36 minutes in. I know we had entrances. Right. I know we had openings. Right. 
No, I was right there too. I think I looked at the clock and I thought it was, yeah, a little over the 30 minutes. So I was surprised when the bell rang, but I enjoyed everything about this match. thought there was a lot of good in-ring psychology going on, a lot of athleticism, a lot of fun spots. I thought the ref bump with your guy Bryce Rim- Rimsburg, I thought that was a fun spot. Um, we saw, uh, well, let's see, we saw a Tombstone on the, on the apron. We saw a few... Um, what, what about the start of the match when MJF was mocking him? Um, we had the flare strut. And did you notice the little Val Venus? Head? Yeah, because Val hips, Venus has been the in hips. the little, yep. little uh, social media this week. Yeah, the guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I, I had no idea if that correlates, but I know Val Venus used to do that. And MJF right. And doing that out of random. All right. So, How about when MJF was tuning up the band and Adam Cole stuck his – foot right in the side of his jaw and made him bleed a little bit in his mouth yeah was that a, that was a, that was a pill i thought it was too i was like that's i mean yeah but the, the only reason if you go back to that after they uh, about 10 seconds into it, they go back to mjf and he's wiping his mouth if you notice he, he takes his hand and he puts it between the apron and the and the ring curtain. i did yep and yep. i don't know if he took that out and dropped it or whatever but right right it was awful thick blood to come out with. At the end, you notice he didn't lose a tooth. Yep. So if he lost a tooth, I get it. Right. You could have that type of blood, but. Right. Uh, saw a table spot. I, I thought Adam Cole actually hurt his arm for for, for real there. Uh, when just the way his face, his facial expression after MJF landed the elbow on him, I thought, I thought he was seriously hurt. But They showed the spot enough. Yeah, that's a good where- point. They showed the spot enough where the way MGF landed was absolutely perfect because, yes, we thought, oh, man, he hit it hard. But if you looked, MGF nailed mm-hmm. that spot. Yeah, it was a lot of good stuff. MGF so good at selling, too. Um, and multiple times, Ab Cole's going for the boom. We see MGF just fall over. Um, I love the spot, the Eddie Guerrero spot. Ram Jeff thought he was going to get one over on Adam Cole, throws the belt to Cole. Rimsberger's there, but then Rimsberger falls. So Cole takes advantage, hits him as the crowd's chanting at MJF. And I thought it was over there. I, they had me. I thought it was over. And when MJF kicked out, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, and then Adam Cole does get the one up as uh, Rimsberg stops MJF from using the diamond, diamond ring on Adam Cole. Adam Cole then hits Panama Sunrise, hits the boom, goes for the three count. We're in two and a half, and the bell rings. Perfectly done, in my opinion. And did you notice the sign, camera hard, 2.5? 2.5, yep. 2.5, and then before that, did you see Bryce struggle getting the ring out of his pocket? Yes. Okay. Other than that, what a great finish to this match. You couldn't have, you couldn't have played it better. It's going to extend their storyline. Um, even through Forbidden Door, correct, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though we're going to get MJF somebody else at Forbidden Door, which was a great finish tonight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what a what a what a great finish to the match. It extends the storyline. It does not hurt either right. participant. It actually makes him look stronger. Yeah. I thought it was Adam Cole's best match to date so far in AEW. Yeah. We haven't had a lot. Um, this reminded me, and, I, and 
I don't want to sound like a mark, but this reminded me a lot of his pay-per-view match in NXT with Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. Not there was a couple high spots, but yeah, both guys worked their tail off, and it was this was a pay-per-view quality match. We got free and the eight o'clock hour. Yep. So I think Tony knew he had to hit a home run right away. So they put these guys out to do it and they delivered. They delivered. Max might be a pain in the ass, but the guy delivers every time in the ring. Do you think he's that big of a pain in the ass behind the scenes? Not uh not as much as everybody portrays him to be. It's I just think they're just building up his character. But I think there is I think a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> how how Dax talked about him on the podcast makes me think there is some some there. Yeah, but is is he the type of guy that is going to be our future Ric Flair where he doesn't know the difference between Richard Fleer and Ric Flair? We don't know the difference between MJF and we, he, he, Kayfabe. Right. The guy lives his, his gimmick. Right. So if he's going to go out to dinner tonight and the, the waitress makes a mistake, he's going to call her out and be an asshole. Yep. I don't know. It's uh, true. It's true. You know what? He's maybe. It, I, I know that this is. He's twenty. What six? Whatever. Yeah, I think 26, 27, uh, around there. He's got a long way to go to for him me to be comparing him to Ric Flair, but he's on a really good path. <laughs> I mean, he's the one guy in professional wrestling right now. I think that you could make that future comparison too, because he lives his gimmick. Yep. Yep. Twenty four seven. Yep. And. and by the time he gets to be 33, 34, maybe in his own mind, he doesn't know the difference. Right. What happened to Ric Flair? And it should be noted, Adam Cole got on the microphone demanded five more minutes, but, of course, MJF opted to walk away. Oh, and yeah, that was perfectly done. Yeah, it was. Laid the belt down right in front of him like he was going to do it, and then he just slithered out. <laughs> yeah, Snaky perfect. is. Snaky perfect. is. After that, we got a video package, but this was this was a good video package. It was hyping up CM Punk's return. Coming into the debut of Collision on Saturday, but Punk spoke. First time we've heard from Punk since uh, since All Out before the brawl out happened, and he pretty much admitted that he's still got uh, scores to settle in AEW, uh, still matches he to be had, and he's got a lot of things to get off his chest. So if Tony Smarty, not not only is he in the main event Saturday, but he gives him the mic, I would open the show and have yep. him have him have him oh, do a promo. He's got to. He's got to open the show. He's got to open collision with that music. Yep. Yep. So, uh, and they are pushing the heck out of it, as they should, but they are pushing the heck out of collision. And we got more matches announced that we can talk about later for collision. After that, we had Renee Paquette. Uh, she was in the ring and she brings out Sammy Guevara. Sammy came out to a, a pretty good pop from the crowd. It seems like Sammy's starting to go that baby face route. The crowd's forgiving him for all the drama and everything he's been involved with the past few years so they're kind of sammy's back on their good side tells people that he's having a baby girl which they just found out the gender of, of the of the baby so congratulations to him and him and him and ty Mello. um he said uh he's uh, suffered a low by coming short of the winning the aw title however the goal has been the same he will have his baby in one arm title in the other before that happens he needs to make some changes here in aw and that leads to darby allen coming out finally somebody's Getting in Sammy's head, which I've been saying for a long time, he needs to get away from the JS, and that's what Darby pretty much is telling him: get away from Chris Jericho. You don't need him. So then Jericho comes out, 
Uh, he's wanting Sammy to apologize. Sammy says he's not apologizing for shit. Jericho says they might as well reunite the sex gods next week so that Sammy can remember who his boss is. Darby then claims uh, when Jericho steps in the ring, the magic is gone, even though he's a wizard. Uh, Jericho wonders if he and Guevara should beat the hell out of him. Uh, but uh, he points out he's not alone. And Sting appears through a huge pop. Loved the look on Jericho's face. Yay! Yeah, and Shivani was going nuts. The two men start pointing their bats at each other, and uh, Sting eventually makes them back down. So that was pretty interesting. I mean, that was just old school WCW vibes there with Sting and Jericho. So it was on social media three, four days ago. Yep. Um, Jericho said this match will never happen. Yeah. Right. And then we Sting's been talking about a retirement match. Makes sense. Um, I think it'll happen. Um, and then we, we'll get into the match later. I thought Sting looked a little clumsy tonight. Guy's 60-some years old, man. He can get away with it, and the crowd still loves him. He can get away with it. In a in a well, we had an eight man tag, right? Yeah, yep. He can get away with an eight man tag. Now, Jericho will have to be on his game to put that kind of match on. Yep. So, let's. Uh, I'm gonna I'm put a lot of faith in Jericho when those when those guys have that, and, it, and obviously it's gonna be his retirement match, and they're gonna they're not they're gonna advertise it at that. Obviously, maybe we'll get it here in August in uh, all in, all in. So, yep, I'm kind of, th- I'm kind of right there with you. Even though I still got to see it to believe it that Sting will be in a one-on-one match, since we haven't seen it since he debuted in AEW in December 2020. We've seen him just in tags, trios, eight-man tags, etc. You know, then maybe, maybe they'll do a tag with him and Darby because you know he brought Darby along to Japan for the Great Muda, right? Um, it was a big deal. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. We then, and I was starting to wonder at this point of the show, I'm like, okay, the show's been going great so far, but when are we going to start getting the build of Forbidden Door? Because Forbidden Door is next Sunday. We're getting no new matches. Well, then Sonata, who's the IWGP champion, is shown as a, in a pre taped interview, said there will be an open challenge for the championship at Forbidden Door, and he's willing, he's waiting for a reply from the AW roster, which would get answered later in the show. Next match on the card tonight was the Mogul Embassy versus Sting, Darby Allen, Keith Lee, and Orange Cassidy. This was a fun eight-man tag. Like you said, there was definitely some clumsy spots. I couldn't figure out Brian Cage's st- surfer Sting face paint since he's a heel. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Majin thinks Sting's last match will be against Darby. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that. A lot, so. a lot of people say that. I mean, I could see them leading up to that if they had a, a Darby Sting versus Jericho Guevara match. Uh, maybe Garcia instead of Guevara in there, and Darby screws up, and then they have one last match. I, I don't know. I could see Sting also being the type of guy wanting to put Jericho over on his way out because of what Jericho has done, not only for AEW, but for professional wrestling. Um, And his whole relationship with Darby was just, you're my protege. I brought you under my wing and now it's your turn. 
I can see both ways, but I really don't want to see Sting and Darby because I don't think Sting could keep up with the pace that Darby um, normally brings. Right. Jericho, not many can. Yeah. Well, where Jericho's older, I'm not, not making fun of old guys because, um, you know, I'm old too, but <laughs> I could see a 50-some-year-old Jericho putting on a better match with a 60-some-year-old Sting than a 20-some-year-old or 30-some-year-old, young 30-some-year-old Darby. That's fair. My, That's my fair. Opinion. That's fair. Yeah, when Tony decides when the time is right for Sting's last match, like you said, it's going to be heavily heavily advertised, heavily promoted. It's going to be a really big deal, as it should. One of the greatest of all time. Um, back to this eight-man tag. Uh, fun little match. I think we all knew who was going to go over. And in the end, that was Sting, Darby, Orange Cassidy, and Keith Lee. As uh, Sting got the pinfall after um, Orange Cassidy hit an orange punch on Brian Cage, which... That was, was not a good camera angle for that orange punch. And then Sting hit the Scorpion Death Drop um, for the one, two, three. It was it was an okay match. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was really actually more impressed with some of the uh, Mogul Embassy guys. I think the Embassy is really good tag team. Um, I don't like them with Brian Cage. Maybe it's because I'm not a Brian Cage fan. Um, what do what do you think of Keith Lee's performance tonight? I thought he got a ton of offense in. He did. Um, again, I was big on Keith Lee when he first came, and then I, I'm just not a big fan of how they handled him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't mind him with Swerve. No, they were a good team, but I understand and why I, they broke him up. And I don't know why – and nothing against Dustin Rhodes. I'm a huge Rhodes family fan, but I, I don't see Dustin and Keith Lee – Just kind of threw them together. Making a run for the tag team title. I don't either. Nope. So – I could maybe see them doing something in ROH, but I, I don't – I don't even know if they'll do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of tag teams, next we uh, saw highlights of the guns – Helping out Juice Robinson and, and Ricky Starks last week, or not Ricky's? Helping out, um, not Juice Jay White against Ricky Starks last week, and they're shown backstage and they call it the Hardys for a match next week on Dynamite to see uh, who the best team of brothers is. That'll be a fun little match. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I like this build. Um, I'd like to see the Hardys. Really, really put on a good match with these twenty late twenty some year olds. Um, I think that would really prove to the fact that the Hardys maybe have one or two years left in them and can have have a decent little run. Um, I think as long as those two are healthy, us as the wrestling community, uh, we deserve that. They deserve that. To give those guys one more run. As Sean, much, oh, go ahead. Sorry. As, as many hurdles as they've had to overcome. Uh, Jeff more than Matt, but still, they're a team. So, yeah, let's. I, I'm okay with one more run for the next year, year and a half. Majin saying he didn't know how bad he needed to see the ass boys juke until he was given it. <laughs> they are something. They are entertaining. 
Um, they, they are. They are a cocky little. They're prick, perfect heel prick team heads. That I thought their little interview or little vignette with Renee, even making fun of Renee's mm-hmm. hair tonight, was absolutely perfect for them. It was every, short and sweet. Every time I see somebody even even doing a uh, doing a shoot uh, rib at Renee, I'm thinking. Man, Mox is back there somewhere. Like, watch yourselves. You know, every time, every time. Like a few weeks ago, when when uh, MJF smacked that uh, mic out of her hand, I'm like, man, don't don't want to make Mox mad. Yeah. Uh, but Sean Ross Sapp had an amazing tweet tonight. He said the Hardy Boys wrestled the Smoking Guns on WWF Superstars in June of '96 for the WWF Tag Team Championships. They faced Austin and Colton Gunn on AEW TV in June 2023. Pretty crazy. Yep. When you like think that. about it. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Well, we saw the TNT championship defending tonight. Wardlow against Jake Hager was the rubber match. The third time these guys have got together. Um, eh. I'm a big Wardlow guy, but this match didn't do a ton for me. I'm not a big Jake Hager guy, though. So um, we did see Brock Anderson and Arn Anderson come down and take care of 2.0. Um, so nobody was by Warlow's side, so Hager was taking advantage with with a little dirty work. He tempted for a splash in the corner, but it was countered with a kick in the face. Warlow then clotheslined him over the top rope, launched himself over the top into a, onto Hager, followed up with a senton inside the ring, then followed up with a powerbomb symphony for the one, two, three. And afterwards, we saw Christian and Luchasaurus shown on the screen, even though their audio wasn't working for a little bit. That Warlow did a good job of playing it off with the crowd. Yeah, doing the hand motion that all Christian does is talk. Christian then asks what happens when Warlow's new daddy isn't there to save him as Arn Anderson showing all bloody and beaten up sitting on the stairs. So somebody put the Glock to Arn Anderson this week before Arn could put the Glock to somebody else. Which you kind of saw that coming right. a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah, I could care less about the match Warlow and Hager had tonight. Um. Obviously, I think we're going to eventually get Warload and uh, Jungle Douche. It's it's Saturday. Collision. Yeah. Uh, Luchasaurus and Warlow for the TNT title on Saturday. And and I don't want to sound Jim Cornette, but Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus worked as a tag team. Right. Him on his own, I don't know if I like it. I haven't seen enough of it to really make an opinion, but I don't want him holding a title. I can tell you that much. He can't talk. He he never, you know, Jungle Boy was talking back then, and obviously Christian's talking now. So he he can't talk, so. Yeah. um, Yeah. I don't. I don't think the title's changing hands. I hope not, because I want to see Warlow have a de- decently lengthy run. Because, like you've mentioned many times on this podcast, all they've done with the TT title this past year is hot potato it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think it'll be. It's a good storyline right now, but the, the right thing to do is keep the title on Warlow and, and move on. Yep. We then saw Ace Hiroshi Tanahashi shown in a pre-taped uh, challenging MJF at Forbidden Door. 
Uh, him, Jeff, then hears the news from Renee and says no. And as far as Tony Khan booking him, this wouldn't be the first time he no-showed, as he tells Tanahashi, no can do, bud. But Tony did list to him as that match is made official for Forbidden Door. So Hiroshi Tanahashi, MGF for the AW World Heavyweight Championship. What a great segment, though. Yep. He's backstage. He's holding <laughs> the belt. He's getting ice. And, and here comes Renee, and she tells him, he's like, I ain't doing that. Sorry, bud. Bye-bye. Even though we know it's going to happen at the point, he does such a great job. Um, I'm pretty excited for this match, actually. Oh, yeah. You, t- you talk about a couple. I know we're going to get some dream matches. We've never seen this match before. We're not going to see it rerun in, in two Wednesdays after Forbidden Door. Nope. So I'm – this match made me happy. Mm-hmm. Two other matches that have been announced that made me happy. Third match made me scratch my head. And why well, I think we'll get to that. Next, we saw Orange Cassidy shown backstage, and Zach Sabre Jr. turns up big pop from the crowd for Sabre Jr. being on television. He, he's challenging him, which I kind of predicted on last week's podcast. And then Daniel Garcia appears, and he wants to face Shibata. Cassie sets up a tag team match between them all for next week. I can get on board with that. I think that'll be great. Um, uh, Zach Saber Jr. works all over the place. And then Shabbat is what? Uh, the, he's the pure champion, right? Yep. So love that. Uh, Shabbat and then Saber Jr. loves that pure style. Um, old school style, I guess you call it. So... Yeah, I mean, I mean, that'd be a very exciting match. Well, Orange and um, Will Ospreay stole the show at Forbidden Door last year. I think Saber Junior and Orange could do so again this year. I think you'll. It'll take a different side of Orange to do. Sure, that. sure, and I think he's got it. I mean, I think he's that good in the ring. I would love to see the technical side of Orange with the. I'm going to call it a sar- sarcastic attitude. Humor? A little humor? Yeah. little put, you know, reverses a hold on Sabre Jr. and slides his hand in the pocket like, what do you got, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, I want that uh, arrogance. The the Yeah, I think arrogance is the great word. Mm-hmm. The F-U attitude type deal. I don't care. I'm coming from wherever, whenever, whenever. weighing whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? If you can, if he can technical wrestle and then tie that into that match, oh, again, pockets is making me a fan, man. I saw it was an interesting comparison. It was one of those where if people didn't listen to the podcast, they were going to freak out. I believe it was the Matt Hardy stream life with Matt Hardy, John Alba and Matt Hardy were comparing how Tony Khan uses Orange Cassidy compared to how Vince at one time used the Undertaker as kind of the go-to guy whenever they needed somebody to deliver with a match. I mean, that's a really, really far comparison. But if you say it on the back end, if Vince needed a go-to guy, he's going to turn to Taker. If Tony needs a a guy to leave off, leave off dynamite and put on a banger, He's, exactly. He's, he's going, ex- yeah. I mean, 
at first when you think about it, you're like, no way in hell, but right. it, it can mesh. Right. It can mesh. Right. We then got the Lone Women's Match of the Night tonight. Tony Storm versus Sky Blue, who's the surprising winner out of that four-way match on Rampage. Uh, you had Mercedes Martinez, uh, Britt Baker, and Nyla Rose. And I think Sky Blue was the last one I expected to win. But here she is. So she was taking on Tony Storm tonight for the AEW Women's World Championship. And she held her own. That's for sure. Looked like she was going to have the match won at one point. But uh, Ruby Soho that distracted the referee. Uh, we saw spray paint used. Uh, we saw uh, Sky Blue's mom get spray paint tonight. Uh, in the end, uh, we saw uh, uh, the Texas Cloverleaf get locked in and Tony, Tony Storm made Sky Blue tap out. But I thought it was a good match. Sky Blue is one of those young females that's getting better and better every time she gets a chance. It was an okay women's match. I was I was okay with it. Um they gave Sky Blue, like, they gave her that little bit of an edge, like, oh, man, she could pull this off, and they snatched it back from you. Yep. So, yep. Um, storytelling was good here. And, and the ap- match was good, so, yeah. And after the match, we got a run-in from Willow, sprinting down to help um, even the numbers with uh, Saran not there tonight. So, on Collision, we're getting Ruby and Tony versus Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. So there's your collision women's match yeah. Saturday. Which yep. I'm okay with. That works. We didn't see Jungle Hook backstage and uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, as they're officially calling him now, reveals uh, he feels naked without a title, so he's accepting Sonata's open challenge for the IWGP World Championship. Said it would mean the world to him if Hook would be in his quarter. Hook gives him knuckles. But did you notice he cut Hook off? Before Hook could say a word. And this is all to me leading up to. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when Jack Perry turns heel and turns against Hook. Yeah. And and this is the one uh, announcement. And, and nothing against Jungle Boy, okay? Um, as, as Majin said, Jungle Boy versus Sonata. He's deflated for that. And he says yeah. Jungle Boy has no character. Yeah, if you're going to put somebody against the IWGP champion, and I know Jungle Boy is a rising young talent. I mean, we're getting MJF, MJF and Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. We got Sonata, who is the IWGP champion. Like, we got to have somebody bigger than Jungle Boy to challenge that. I'm, I'm sorry, nothing against the kid. I think he's got a bunch of potential, but it's it's the I mean it's it's the wrong pick. It's it's the wrong move for sure. It was just it was kind of confusing because you know earlier in the night you could kind of see how what the company's thinking of Darby and Sammy right now. You know, big programs and everything. You're like, where's that leave Jack? And they're throwing Jack into this title picture. It was just very random. I don't know. I mean, I'm ready for him to turn heel. I think he needs that. He does. I mean, you you could have. I mean, there's so many people you could have above Jungle Boy challenge for one of the top three heavyweight champions of all time, and I'm not even including AEW into that. WWF, NWA, IWGP. I mean, they've been around that long, right? 
there's there's a lot of guys that could have that could have challenged Sonata over Jungle Boy. And Majin said he'd rather see Sammy versus Sonata instead of Jungle Boy. And 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 against I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Sammy in the same uh, category as Jungle Boy. It's the IWGP Championship. It's been around for a hundred years. Like no, let's. I know Mox is going to be occupied, but I mean, there's, I don't know, man. Who, who was it last year? Oh, it was the, it was Jay White defended against Adam Cole, Hangman and Okada. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. You know, and again, I know those guys are occupied, but. Are you surprised we haven't seen Okada yet? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but we'll see him. Mm-hmm. We'll see, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Again, I maybe maybe those two guys will put on a great match, and I'll eat some crow. But on paper, I'm not excited about it. Oh, it's the least exciting match now so far for me. So, yeah, the uh, first three are kind of like dream matches, excluding the Omega um, Osprey match, which we've already seen. But it's we're gonna just, get it again, and it's gonna be a banger. Yeah, like is, they it, can time. they can they top it? Can they top what they did last time? That's you know, everybody's expectations are gonna be so high. If, if they if they top what they did last time, then both of them are have to go out in wheelchairs. Yeah, match of the year. My uh, the first one, you can argue is match of the year. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't see any rampage announcements tonight, right? I know we got collision announcements, but did we see rampage? I thought they said something towards the Did end. they? Okay. Yeah. Um, they said but, Rampage at its normal time, but I don't know if they announced any matches. I didn't think I saw any, but I could have just been blanking out. But I know Collision, we, we got the women's tag match. We went over Tony and, and, and Ruby Soho versus Will Nightingale and Sky Blue. Of course, we got the main event, FTR and CM Punk versus Bullet Club Gold and, and Samoa Joe. We get the return of Miro tonight, which will be fun. Or not tonight, Saturday night, which will be fun. And we get uh, Buddy Matthews, the House of Black's Buddy Matthews, one-on-one with Adrade El Idolo, returning Adrade, which will be interesting. Kind of putting him as a face. That's that's interesting, I thought. Um, am I missing any matches? I think I got them all. I think it's all, it's all that's been announced. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what Collision is. We don't even know what it is going to be as a show yet, really. It's a two-hour show, right? It is a two-hour, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock on TNT. Uh, we know it's going to be the CM Punk show, but what What else? How, what's the presentation going to be like? What's, you know, it's It's got to find a way to differ from Dynamite. If they're just going to make it just like Dynamite, I don't think it's going to work. Um, I don't know. if I mean, if you had... If you had the champions floating both episodes. Oh, and Warlow Luchasaurus. Excuse me. That's the other one I was missing. For yep. If you float if you float the champions both episodes, it where I don't know if a champion could have two storylines going on at once. Um well, Tony Khan was uh on wrestling with Brandon Walker of Barstool this week, and he didn't commit to a uh official brand split or anything like that he said you'll see a lot of talents flow back and forth with stories and um and the like of that so we'll see well, 
I mean, you already got the brand split between AEW and ROH. Right. But they still mesh all the time together. Right. So, right. Right. You know what? What's ah, man? I almost think it's going to be a. It's got to be a dynamite esh show with just different talent. I mean, I mean, you're talking about CM Punk and FTR right off the bat. Right. You know. It's got to be. It's got to be just as much, if not more, than dynamite being on a Saturday night at eight o'clock, which I think is more of a. And I don't know anything about cable television, but eight o'clock on a Saturday, eight o'clock on a Wednesday. I think the ad spots are going to be a little bit more expensive on a Saturday. I would think so. I'm not sure on that, but I knew I do know that's a tougher spot, especially come fall when football's going on. Um, you know, they they could do well on Saturday during summer, but fall we'll see. And you know, I'm interested to see what the ratings are going to be like because I think it'll be good this Saturday no matter what, just because all the mystique, CM Punk's return, the first debut show, Chicago United Center, blah blah blah. But how's it going to do? Not only in Canada the following weeks, but week seven, week eight down the road. That's going to be really telling. But uh, yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. One of the hater sites have already talked about they've struggled selling tickets in Canada for this show already. They have. And maybe, you know, and to be honest, I think they priced themselves out of the market a little bit. I've heard the prices for the shows pretty high. And if you've already bought tickets for Dynamite and Rampage, that's expensive to add on Collision then, too. So they're, they they got to be careful not to oversaturate the market. Um they got to start doing collision and markets they don't get to very often. Well, I mean, tickets for Dynamite are pretty reasonable, especially yes, they when they come in our area. So, right, right. So you, know, you can you can sit on the floor pretty close to the ring for under a hundred bucks. Right. So, so we'll see. I think they'll find their footing. Might just take a little bit, but uh, I'm interested. I mean, I I think it can be a really good thing. Um, they got plenty of talent to showcase. So another two hours to do it. We then got the main event tonight. We got the Hun Bucks, Adam Page and the Young Bucks versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Made up tonight of Claudio Casanoli, Wheeler Ida, and John Moxley. This was a fun match. Uh, we knew we were going to get an intense match, and that's what we got when they started brawling right away. We saw Hangman and Mox get face-to-face, throwing some shots. Um, back and forth, all over the place. Carnage at times. Um, I like the the Young Bucks gear tonight with Hangman, by the way, a little Western look. Um, in the end, we saw Wheelerita get launched to uh, Matt Jackson, but brings the knees up and the super kick party then com- commences as the BTE trigger and a buckshot lariat are hit on Yuta while the Young Bucks dive outside to Moxley and Claudio. And Hangman picks up the one, two, three. So Yuta's been picking up the big pinfalls. Then he gets pinned tonight. So the lead were victorious like I predicted last week. You and Paul predicted BCC. But after the match, BCC starts attacking the elite. And a returning Eddie Kingston comes out. Didn't see that happening. He immediately attacks Claudio. Love that. Keeping the ROH rivalry and the hatred those guys have had for each other for a long time going. Um, They're brawling on the inside. Kingston comes out on top. He then turns around face to face John Moxley, but they don't want to fight each other, which I like that too. And Matt Jackson attacks Moxley instead, but Kingston stops it. Then Moxley fires up against him. While they argue, then uh, we see uh, 
Takeshka turn up and he's getting booed real loud by the crowd. He drops Kingston and then Eddie or Eddie Kenny Omega comes out to a huge pop. He and Takeshka brawl inside the arena. Omega gets the best situation, but then at the very end, Will Ospreay appears and catches Omega with a kick to the face and a running forearm strike. As Brian Danielson couldn't be more happy. A lot going on. There was a ton. And my my fiance was watching with me at the end. She goes, What is going on? I said, It's kind of carnage. There's so much action. It's kind of overwhelming. And AEW's been known to do that towards the end of shows with tons of run ins. But when we're getting ready for a Forbidden Door, which you have different promotions, a lot of different talent, I thought it was pretty good. The, the match itself was good. Um, it was a oh, it was a match like you said. It was it was a it was your typical triple threat match. There was stuff going on everywhere. Um, so the match itself was okay. I was shocked we not we didn't get any blood from Mox. No, well, that's the first time in forever. I mean, holy cow, he may. But um, other than that, the match was good. The end was was even better. We had Kadesh coming in. Love that. Love the run-in stuff. Um, and then, obviously, with with uh, Osprey coming in, like, man, just can't, can't imagine how him and Omega are going to try to top their last match. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't see how it's going to happen. But they're going to try. They're going to try their damnedest. You know that. And I'm real interested to see who you and Paul are going to predict for that one next week when we make our predictions for Forbidden Door. I already got mine picked for yeah. sure. It's uh, I, I can't wait to watch. It's gonna be it's gonna be real good because I didn't watch that match live at Wrestle Kingdom. Saw the replay and the highlights, but I was I was the the dumbass that got up at uh, three thirty four o'clock in the morning. You're one of many. Yeah, and uh, I remember I came downstairs and there was this pile of laundry in front of the television. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I told my Told my wife the night before, like, I'm getting up at 4 o'clock. I'll, be, I'll try to be quiet and not wake you up and I'll wake the kids up. Yeah. But I'm going to watch this wrestling event out of of Japan. And I came down to this mound of laundry in front of the television. She's like, if you're going to watch this at 4 a.m., you're going to fold clothes. She's no dummy. She's no, no dummy. So I literally folded clothes and watched from 4 a.m. to, I think, 7 Um and, and one of them was the Omega Osprey match. Uh, the other one was the FTR match when they lost the tag titles, uh, IWGP tag titles, uh, uh, before I actually had to go to work because it was on a – you do that on a, what, Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. So it's odd. Yeah. But it's right after the New Year. So however the New Year falls, uh, it's like a day or two afterwards. But whatever. Um, so, Yeah. Maybe, hopefully, uh, the 25th of June uh, at 8 o'clock, I come down to watch the pay-per-view, and there's not a pound of long <laughs> as to fold, but... You never know. You, you never, never know. know. You never know, but, uh, man, fun show tonight. Um, gearing up for a fun pay-per-view. I mean, Forbidden Door 2 so far is looking like he's going to try to be a pay-per-view of the year. I know it gets a guy like you fired up who really likes New Japan and AEW together. Um what do you, what do you grade tonight's show at? Um, 
I enjoyed tonight's show. Couple, couple small spots I didn't care for, but other than that, overall, with the opening match, the ending match, um, really liked it. I'm going seven point nine. Oh, I thought you were gonna get in the eights. I really did tonight. I really did. If I didn't, if I didn't have the Warload match, yeah, um, it was probably there. I'm going eight six. I'm pretty high on tonight. I thought it was arguably maybe dynamite of the year. I'm sure I've already given something a higher grade. I think I went eight eight one week, but I really enjoyed it. I thought the two hours flew by tonight. Got me even more excited for next Sunday's pay per view. Got me even more excited for Collision Saturday, even though I was already pumped about that. But uh, getting a full card is good. Uh, who's your wrestler tonight? Uh, man. And I think I think I know who yours is. I'm going opposite. My wrestler tonight is MJF. You do know who mine is, Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. uh, Those so, guys tore it down tonight. They, so if you notice when he came down to the ring, MJF is his his uh, banner at the bottom. 20, 2023, he's 3-0. Yep. Tanner, it's June I know. 12th. The guy is so over, he's wrestled three times in six months. Okay? And now four times in six months. And he's the world champion. He's on a limited, more limited schedule than Roman Reigns. <laughs> he really is. Now, now does he does he appear every week and talk on the mic? Yeah, but if you look at actual wrestling, he's wrestled less than Roman Reigns. And, he, and along those lines, I know it's it's this is Stanford, but this was incredible. I read this on Twitter last night. Uh, Rhea Rip, Ripley, since she's become champion, has had eleven minutes of singles in ring time. And that's stupid. Yeah, it's very stupid. How? I mean, that's come stupid. on. By the way, what about this? This is this is this is a rabbit hole of all rabbit holes. What about a dream match, Rhea Ripley versus Tessa Blanchard? That would be a good one, as far as in ring goes. In ring goes, physiques, attitudes, capabilities talent, whatever you want to call it. I saw some stuff about Tessa Blanchard the other day, and, and I think we've talked about her a couple times. Mm-hmm. The girl can go. Oh, she can go. She just screws up her career every time she opens up her mouth. Yeah, her mouth gets in the way a lot, but put that aside. Could you imagine a Rhea Ripley-Tessa Blanchard match? That, that could overshadow... 80%, maybe 90% of the men's matches in WWE. There's a lot of talented female wrestlers out there right now. There is, and we just need to... Every need, company, every company. And I would hate to say it, AEW's towards the end of that company, though. Uh, yeah. When it comes to female talent. They got a lot of depth, but they got to start getting more out of the women. Yes, I'm not. I'm not dogging on the talent. I'm dogging on the creative. I guess. Yeah, and and that's one th- good thing about Collision. Even though they'll probably only have one match, at least they get another match. 
every week, the division itself. So, yeah. Yeah, but but I'm going back to back to the wrestler, and I am going Adam Cole. I thought it was his best performance since he joined AEW in September of 21. So, yeah, I thought he was really good. So, um, one other note of AEW tonight: uh, Sean Ross Sapp reported today that uh, discussions are still going on with Hangman Kenny Omega and the Unbucks with AEW for the contracts. Um, agent Barry Bloom is the agent of all those guys. Who he's a big sports agent and really good, really good agent. Uh, big in professional wrestling world too. Um, it, it sounds like they're close. It sounds like they're close, but those people have said they could be close. They could be close for months. They could have been close for months. So the belief is, when it's said and done, they will all still be with AEW at the year's end. Contract ends at the end of the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean WWE is interested, of course, but they can't do any contract tampering right now. No, and, and Sean said the belief within WWE is that the, the they'll be back with AEW. Well, if, if if you watched the last two uh, being the elite on Mondays, yeah, they're teasing stuff. So I mean, I mean they're they're talking about the money. The Bucks are at least they're doing what Cody did in in 2018 on B, BTE. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the one is is it is it Nick Jackson, right? Who's in the suit? Matt. Matt's Matt. in the suit. Yep. Uh, he's building a hell of a pool right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he's uh, incorporating that. I love that. I love I love the realism. Like, look, well, well, that's one thing Sean it. said. Is presuming they do come back to AW, it's going to be significant money increases for all of them. Yeah, I mean it's you know Tony's got Tony's in a tough spot. He's trying to make everybody happy. You know, keep these guys happy while bringing CM Punk back. But that's why he got two shows now. And how? I mean, I'm just interested when they all have to be at a pay per view. How's that going to work? But they'll figure it out. Maybe down the road. We can get them all to do business, but I still think that's a ways away. In August. Well, I'll be uh, doing two shots and buying a new wrestling shirt if that happens. Yes. So, two but, shots of Everclear. Oh, God. <laughs> that brings back some memories. It's been about a decade since I did an Everclear shot, but... Oh. Yeah. Well, you know. I can, I can feel the burn right now just thinking about it. Your wife can't blame me for it. I got a good one, at least one, um, if not both of them, of, of a good good alcohol for you. If if I'm fortunate enough to win that, so, but uh, we will see come come August. Any other uh, AW topics you want to discuss before we move on to our weekly Cody Rhodes segment? No, I'm I'm good there. I'm excited to talk about Cody. All right, well, let's cue up the audio. So, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> every time every time, every time. Uh, yeah Cody actually kicked off Raw this week or helped kick off Raw this week um, calls out Dominic um, well Rhea I should say Rhea got the new championship which looks just like Seth's which I don't know these championships aren't the greatest looking things in the world but um, go back to old school man yeah I know I know uh, and I and I know it gets 
it gets crapped on a lot, but I still like that. I, I got a replica over here of it, the Attitude Era. That's what I grew up with. I like that belt. I know a lot of people like the Wing Ingle before that one as their favorite design, but uh, I don't know. These new designs, I get why they do it from a branding standpoint, the big logo, you know, because we when the Chiefs, even though I hate their guts, when you saw them win the Super Bowl, Mahomes was carrying it all over. I'm sure Jokic will have one on his on his shoulder tomorrow. And WWE does a good job of getting the champions belts. So I'm sure the Golden Knights of the NHL will have them. Um, I get why they do the big W branding on them. But they're not the greatest looking belts in my opinion. But anyways, so we got Dominic and, and Cody coming out. Cody challenges Dominic to a match in Money in the Bank. And then, uh, which he was already going to face the Miz later that night. So that's, or later momentarily, that's why he was already dressed up like he was in his Highlander type gear. Um, um, but, uh, Miz tries to sneak attack Cody, but Cody catches him, punches him, but then Dom sucker punches Cody and runs away. So well, yeah, what do you, what do you think about the Dom Cody match at money in the bank coming up in a couple of weeks? Um, what do you think about Cody not being in? Yes. I, I knew right when I said out. Homelander. Majin corrected me. I knew right when I said it, it was not right. Homelander. Thank you. Um, what do you think? I was I, I was still surprised that he wasn't in a Money in the Bank qualifier match. I think it's perfect if they're going, because they're going with Brock Cody 3 at SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Martin McSorley's a badass. He's in Vegas partying up right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, I think it was a. It's a good filler for Cody because Dominic is. Let's just face. Let's Dominic's over right now because whether whether the crowd cheers you or overly boos you. You're over, right? Mm -hmm. If that kid puts a mic in his hand, they boo so loud where you can't hear him. They don't want him to talk. So in my mind, he's over. He's doing his job. Um, So I think this is a great opponent for Cody to go in and have a 15 to 20-minute match and, and, and obviously go over Dominic and just propels Cody to the next level. Next level being obviously SummerSlam and Brock, number three. So if that's the case, we're going to go the Cody storyline here. We're going to finish the story, right? So you would think he goes over Brock SummerSlam. So you have you have Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. Your two big ones, yes. Your two big ones before WrestleMania in, in 2024. So what the hell do you do with Cody and Roman for almost six months, right? Six to seven months. And to try to keep that momentum with Cody is going to be tough. It is. Now, Cody going over Dominic here in a 20-minute match where they – a couple false finishes and and really showed Dominic being athletic and young and and giving Cody a run for his money – yeah, that'll that'll work for now. But and then SummerSlam is going to work for now because Brock is Brock, and it's going to be a banger of a match. But after that, what the heck do you do? 
Could you see Brock costing Cody the match against Dominic? Setting up for... I mean, that way, you know, Dominic gets the rub as a big win over arguably the company's biggest baby face, but it doesn't hurt Cody because he didn't lose clean. I don't know, man. You you had Cody you had Cody lose clean at WrestleMania. Yep. You can't have him. And he, he did lose clean to Brock the second time, even though he didn't tap, but he passed out. Yeah, you... I mean, you got to be careful there. You I know. Gotta be careful. I know. They got a challenge on their hands. I mean, I'm still waiting to let it play out to see if they made the right decision of having him not go over at 39, which I still think they should have had him go over at 39. But Well, they, they internally, it was not their right thing to do. Okay? Yeah. But if you talked about the crowd and the fans watching on television – I mean, 95% of those people thought Cody was going to win that match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he didn't, we were all like, holy cow, what's next? So, All right, so we, we know we're going to get Cody and Brock three at SummerSlam. So where does that leave Roman? Is it going to be Jay? Jay going to challenge him? Um, yeah, I think you have some internal bloodline stuff, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. Bloodline still has some still good point. layers, still good yeah. layers to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no. Bloodline has many, many storylines still to, to go. They they have many options to go. So we still have plenty of work to do for Roman. And if if I would guess, I mean, future predicting, we're not going to get Cody and Roman until next year in WrestleMania. And if it's a two-day show where they want The Rock to be involved, then we get Cody Roman the first night, he loses, and then the second night he goes against The Rock and goes over, Rock puts him over. Could be. So that way you don't you don't bury Roman too bad. I think you're right. I, th- I also agree. I think we get Roman and Cody too at WrestleMania 40 in Philly. Just how do we get there? That's, that's going to be an interesting part. How do you get there? Yep. I'm sure they got it laid out, but it's going to be interesting. Especially, say, if a guy like McIntyre doesn't come back. Yeah. I don't know. The bigger talents you you, you keep away. I mean, cause I, I would hate to see Cody somehow challenge Seth before he gets to challenge Roman again. I kind of like what they're doing right now with Seth with the open challenge. Yep. Um, I think Seth Braun Breaker's not a bad gig. Yeah, it's interesting. Um so yeah, there, there, there's plenty of talent within uh, Stanford, Connecticut that could occupy uh, Romans uh, mm-hmm. or uh, not Roman uh, Seth. Seth, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, we will see. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Other than that, the rest of the shit sucks. It, I, I, don't, I didn't even watch the rest of Monday. I watched that I first thing. Like, I didn't like oh, all right, his his promo's already done, and his match gets Miz. He got the win. Okay, I don't have to watch anymore. Yeah. So. I can keep up with it on Twitter and the dirt dirt sheets and 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 all that good stuff. So, uh, anything else around just AW WWE the world of professional wrestling you want to you want to hit on? I know I, I actually I think I text you and uh, and Paul. So we got a match coming up in GCW. Yes, yeah. Zack Saber Jr. versus Nick G- Nick Gage. I cannot wrap my head around this match. 
I do think Nick Gage is a better wrestler than people give him credit for. But I'm really intrigued just how they're going to pull this off. I'm really intrigued at, yeah, how they're going. What I mean, GCW is the type where you could have a techno wrestling match, and at the end you, you end the match with tables and, and light tubes, right? Right. Or you could just have a technical match, or you could have a, a death style match, as they call them. I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Saber Jr. saying, "Hey, man, let's finish with you hitting me over the head with a couple light tubes." I don't, I don't see that. Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. I really am. And then uh, coming out of this here, we got another month. I think uh, Nick Wayne from. GCW is going to make his AEW uh, debut. Yeah, right when he turns eighteen on yep. Dynamite. When he turns eighteen against Sword for the Defy Championship. So, and Sean Rossap was saying they have plans for Nick Wayne. It's but they've been in store for a while, just waiting for him to turn eighteen. So. Which he's he's in a banger of a tag team right now in GCW. Uh, the, I think it's called the Wasted Youth. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and those guys have just been awesome. So, but you got to think, AW and G, GCW haven't been playing very friendly lately. So his G, GCW days might be over when when he gets to AW. Yeah, but you look at like uh, Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver has been been rocking ROH of late. And That's still, true. Still makes all the GCW dates. That's uh, true. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's. I mean, yeah, we were, we were, we were. Maybe they were having differences over how they use John Moxley, which is a uh, a main event guy, um, where Jordan Oliver, Nick Wayne have to work their way up there yet. But so, I mean, we got we got Gringo Loco doing a lot of ROH stuff, which I yep. love that dude. Well, and speaking of ROH, I don't think we've hit on this. Stokely, Stokely Hathaway and Jerry Lynn are the two guys ahead of ROH now. Screw Stokely Hathaway. <laughs> Jerry Lynn's a great, great mind. Yeah. Stokely Hathaway's a piece of shit. <laughs> He's doing his job to get you to say that. He doing is. his job. And, and, you know, behind the scenes, he might know what the hell he's talking about. I still don't like the guy. Well, Tony keeps adding more and more people. It was announced tonight that Jimmy Jacobs – a uh, long-time Impact guy was backstage and now he's been signed to AEW and they think he's going to help with creative along with Danielson of for Collision. Well, they lost a Jackalope this week too. Uh, so. Idiot. Yeah, idiot. Um, uh, he's been there for a couple – he's been there with two years? Yeah, producer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But obviously he's an idiot. So yep. Cost yep. him his job. So yep. they, they, made some, they need some room for some new guys. Yep, some new ideas. Fresh and and ideas. I, love, I love that they made a con- – or the dirt sheets, internet, whatever you want to call them, that uh, Danielson has had a lot of input in the creative. Uh, Majin said is he's met him. He's a great mind. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about Stokely. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, Boo if you met Stokely. <laughs> I, I'm glad we're talking about Collision again because I did have a question I wanted to ask you earlier and I completely forgot. So if you remember back in October of um, 
2019, the debut of Dynamite, which was in tonight's arena, the Capital One in Washington, D.C. We got a crazy finish that had to elite getting attacked by this new group that formed called the Inner Circle. Guevara, Hager, Santana, Ortiz, Jericho. And that, oh, he meant uh, Jimmy Jacobs. Oh, okay. Um, I can't argue that one. No, me neither. Um, But that originally, Tony Khan's original plan was for that to be Gallows, Anderson, and AJ Styles. They just didn't come to fruition instead of the inner circle and kind of have his own bullet club. What kind of cliffhanger, what kind of big surprise are we going to get in collision? Because there's got to be something, doesn't there? Being a hyped up debut episode. I mean, I know you got Punk and FTR. It's a big deal. But are we going to get some kind of big swerve at the end or some surprise debut or return? Well, if you're talking about the Bullet Club, do you have some Bullet Club members show up and, and cost FTR and Punk the match? I want to see Bullet Club Gold versus Bullet Club at Forbidden Door. Okay. Because they got beef with Jay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, do we see Samoa Joe join Bullet Club Gold? Could Punk turn heel on FTR and become the leader of Bullet Club Gold? Where, Where is... Where's the good brothers in all this? They're in where? WWE. They're... Are they even on TV and stuff anymore? Not much, but they're under contract for a while, so they can't do anything. Poor bastards. They keep falling for that trick. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we're going to get something big towards it after that main event. I just don't know what it's going to be. I don't see Punk turn on FTR yet. Being FTR being the, the sole ally... Through this whole rigmarole. That's what would make it more shocking, though. So, yeah, but you can't have him turn, you can't have Punk turn heel right away. In Chicago? Nah, I don't think so. Yeah. No. I I mean, if anything out of this, if you want to go shocking, you have Dax turn on both of them and be a singles wrestler. That would be be shocking because they're the tech champions. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you got to think that guns, the guns might get involved too. Maybe. Um, I don't know. It's. I just feel like something big's got to happen. I'm, I'm hopeful at least. I'm gonna be disappointed if something big doesn't. Happen. You're right. You know who's gonna show up? Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I'm done. If that happens. I'm done. Uh, wait a minute. You would rather have Goldberg show up than him? Yes. Oh, Goldberg could still go more than Terry. Terry's got a uh, fake back and fake hips and fake knees. Yeah, but he has karaoke every Monday night, and he puts a great social media post out. Yeah, him and his juiced-up boy. You can't tell me Nate, Nick's not on the gas. He lifts a lot, okay? Okay. All right. All right, brother. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't work for me, brother. Um <laughs> No, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I will say though, I would if if it, it this isn't going to happen. But if Goldberg was the face Ryback, I'd root for Goldberg. Well, yeah, I'm not a Ryback fan. You're talking about Ryback. I mean, Guy's nuts. I don't want Ryback either. I don't want Goldberg. I don't want Ryback. Either. He's pushing it, but he can push all he wants. Yeah. But um, I, I the squeaky wheel doesn't get the grease in this case. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I don't care how much money Tony Khan has. <laughs> but I hope we do get a big reveal, return, debut, angle to in collision. I think that'd be good. I, I miss the cliffhanger endings of professional wrestling. I want more of that. So we yeah. used to get into Monday Night Wars all the time. We did. We did. Especially WCW. They always like to leave you with a cliffhanger. Toward, towards the good. Towards the, oh, the good. Uh, yeah. After 98, everything was done. Yeah. Done. Once they ended Goldberg's streak, everything kind of. It was already going bad, but that was kind of the last year. was in charge. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We don't even want to talk about Shitstain's name. No, VR. That's no. He ruined a lot of stuff. Yep. I have not caught this week's uh, Dark Side yet. I started last night, and I honestly I fell asleep, and it's mm-hmm. not because the show was bad, right? It's because it was a long day for me. Um, it was really interesting uh, to talk. I watched the first ten minutes. Uh, the Graham family history. Um, was interesting to me. I love that kind of stuff. So I got it recorded. I will I will get that watched before next Tuesday's episode, which I'm sure they debuted a little snippet at the end, but I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know what next Tuesday's all about. Either. Yeah, let's look it up here. Uh, let's look up uh, Dark Side. Rain Season 4. I know we nope, got some nope, big season names. five. Excuse me, season five. I know we got some big names coming up. Cool, Google. Don't just spin on me. That's cool. Not like I'm trying to look up anything. Oh no, season four. Here we go. Oh, what happened to Doink the Clown? That's the oh. next one. Now, I remember Doink the Clown a lot, and then there's a. I think it went viral when YouTube started getting big. There's a YouTube match where Doink the Clown versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan in an independent show in a little high school gym somewhere. And Doink was not ready to work. That would have been the second Doink because the first one, Matt Bourne. Unless it was Matt Bourne. That was, well... Whoever it was, was not ready to work, and it was a shit show, basically, of a match. Um, a lot of screaming and yelling. Didn't want to work. I don't know what the order is after Doink, um, but you also got Adrian Adonis, Junkyard Dog, Bam Bam Bigelow, Abdullah the Butcher, WCW Batch of the Beach 2000, and I know the finale is Marty Jannetty. Who is? Which the, the uh, producers of Dark Side Arena said that might have been the craziest one they've ever recorded. Well, I mean, Marty, Marty was nuts. Still is nuts. Still is nuts. Sorry. <laughs> so, but they do a fantastic job with this series. The, the Territories one, I know you enjoyed that last year. I don't think it hit as much as they were hoping. Yeah. I mean, Abdullah was still alive. Mm hmm. Um, the junkyard dog one in, in, interests me a lot because he was like my favorite wrestler back when I was six years mm-hmm. old, maybe. Um, and I know he was 
dealing with a lot of uh, racial stuff back then too. So that that one that one really I can't wait for that episode too. Um, so I'm looking for the Bass of the Beach one, but it's just going to be VR and Eric Bischoff complaining at each other back and forth. So so is that the Bash of the Beach? The one where was it was it uh, Jarrett and Hogan? Yeah, Jarrett laid down and Jarrett Hogan won the title, and, and then he. Yeah. 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 It was. Then Hogan got the lawyers involved eventually. Yeah. Because Bischoff talked about that um, recently on his 83 Weeks podcast. And and the idea was for Hogan to, Hogan to go over, take the title and leave, and then come back months later in October um, and kind of refresh. And, and, but didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting. But I watched the. I've been catching up on the A and E WWE programming a lot lately. The biographies and the treasure, lost treasures or whatever it's called. Um, I watched the NWO biography. We learned some stuff about the MW. I do. I didn't know. So uh, Majin said, "Man, Junkyard Dog was supposed to be Hogan level, but he had drug problems and injuries that derailed it." I didn't know about the drug problems. That'd be that's something that I mean, I know he was in the territories. They promoted the heck out of him. Um, he had great charisma. Yeah, no, he was amazing. So and that's probably what be featured in Dark Side. I'm guessing it's probably drugs, substance. Yeah, you like know, they don't, they don't they don't always talk about the positive side. That's true. <laughs> Very rarely. Very rarely. Anything else you got tonight, Shep, uh, before I play a little promo for the FWF show coming up in Rochester, Indiana on Rochester, Saturday? Like, here we go. I'm going to use my Hawk Hogan and Nick Hogan hands. Oh, God. Here we go, brothers. Oh, God. FWF, Rochester, Indiana. Saturday, June 17th, brother. You better be there. For FWF Meltdown. That's all I got. Not bad, not bad. But let's uh, let's let Ryan Paradise take it away for about 90 seconds here. The power of paradise perpetuates as Ryan returns to Rochester. Last year I made a deep first impression. But this June 17th will be an eclipsing crater when I get my hands on Donnie Gunner for the fifth time. We had a bit of a war this year, didn't we, Donald? And I'll admit, I got a little carried away at times. But that part's over. This has nothing to do with that. This has nothing at all to do with religious views. Or your obsession to play hero. Or you just generally being a thorn in my crown. This is business. Thus livelihood. Yeah, because it doesn't matter who you worship. Everyone knows that money is God. And championships are money. And you are blocking my ascension to cruiserweight contention. You should know more than anybody, Gunner, that no matter my motive, I execute. In a meltdown, you will learn that Rochesterians are paradisciples and that even the cleanest power source can cause devastation. <laughs>
would have some different religious views. <laughs> Racha Stereot. Racha. What, what do you say, Racha? Racha ra- Stereans. Yeah. That's a new one. That's a new one. But Ryan Paradise will be there in action. Meltdown. And if, and if I could give him a little bit of a rub, even though I'm a little confused by his promo there. <laughs> uh, I watched him last year at this show, and he probably had the best match out of the show. He's a very athletic, uh, very high-flying. Uh, I won't call him a luchador, but he's a, he's a junior heavyweight, uh, cruiserweight. So uh, very entertaining individual. Maybe needs to work on his uh, Photoshop and background, um, and uh, some of his uh, how do you say it? Uh, uh, I don't know how you how you call him his uh, his sayings towards where he's coming from, but uh, yeah, no, he, he's entertaining. Yep, he's fun to watch. So show show is. Uh, uh, Rochester, Indiana, at the Moose Lodge, eleven oh seven, June seventeenth, this Saturday. Uh, the weather looks eighty-one and sunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you just watch, yeah, you can see it in person, big dog. Kind uh, of come out of Canada and then let's party. Uh, uh, but yeah. $15 tickets at the, at the door. There's some free tickets available if you're here in local Rochester, Indiana. Um, but yeah, it, it last year we had them. It was a great show. I think Paul or whatever his name is. Rip Ryerson. Yeah, I think he, I think he went swimming. He went swimming. We showed it last year on the podcast. And maybe we'll show it again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's fun. Come out. It's a family friendly show. Sometimes uh, the wrestling we all watch is not family friendly, but this one is. Uh, so, yeah. Again, Moose 1107, Rochester, Indiana. It is the second largest moose in in Indiana. So, there you go. Bring the family out. Enjoy some wrestling. Enjoy some food, some drinks. Have a we good time. Some, we, got, we got some uh, food trucks there, some uh, – Carney trailers, so yeah, yeah. Good and, time uh, had well, and maybe maybe uh, if he makes fun of Rochesterians, maybe we'll throw Ryan Paradise in the in the lake. Maybe he'll go swimming too. But go check out Ryan on his YouTube channel; he's got plenty of stuff there. You can check him out youtubecom slash at Ryan Paradise. So, well, with that said, we're going to be wrapping up another great episode of the kicking out podcast appreciate everybody watching live on the youtube and on twitter please give us a follow if you haven't already our handle on all social media platforms at kicking out pod and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you like to listen to your podcast out please give us that five star rating and leave us a review let us know what we're doing well what we can improve on appreciate the feedback i'm tanner lee you can follow me at tanner lee 9-2 on Instagram and Twitter. And he's Austin Shepard. I can't point the right direct. I don't know which way I'm pointing. At the Shep27. And, of course, Paul Zartman, who couldn't be here, who's ducking us, who's scared, at Paul Zartman 921 And get some great kicking out 
podcast merchandise. Support a great podcast. Look great doing show. Kickingoutshop.com. He's Austin Shepard. I'm Tanner Lee. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast. Thank <laughs> you.